Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your pilot, Daniel French. We're taking you to an unexplored area of the spectral streams in this new series written by Mark Slade. October Country. And now I introduce the first story in the series, Second Right. Folks travel these roads, not knowing they lead to darkness. Not knowing, eyes watch in the sheltered veil. Voices whisper from beyond. If these roads are maligned, wanderers and derelicts will find themselves in October country. folks. I'm August Scythe. I'm a tour guide of sorts for folks who find themselves here. Like you. I'm also a caretaker of these parts. A local historian, a collector of stories about those who pass through. Second, right. The once soothing, confident, sexy female voice of the GPS was getting on Terry's nerves. But now that he thought about it, it was only because of the suggestion of Lynn's voice. And she was the one at whom he was really annoyed. Second, right. Second, right. I know! Terry! What? Calm down! Don't scream at me. Then stop abusing my car. You and this stupid... Terry, don't insult my car. Terry kept driving, intently, speeding, his hands on the steering wheel. He steadied his eyes on the black pavement, 
which the headlights shone upon. Her car, her Lexus, her house. Everything is hers, Terry thought. Why the hell is my focus in the shop this weekend? And why did she have to come along to watch me with her car? That's why. I know what you were brooding about, Terry. Her house. Her car. Her everything. Just... Just stop it, will you? Ugh! I'm only a second husband. Yeah. A lot of the times I wish you weren't my husband at all. As a matter of fact, I wish Nolan was here now. At least I knew I was with a man. If you can't handle me... Lynn thought she liked passive men. Turns out they were all weak. Not just passive men, but the strong ones also. Weak. All of them, she thought. Nolan, her first husband, was not passive. He was, in fact, a very strong man with a strong personality. So strong, it was suffocate. Jealous was his middle name. For years, he accused her of having another boyfriend. One day, Lynn woke up and said to herself, I'll show him. She didn't expect the fling to turn into a full-fledged relationship. Terry was different. Bookish. Smart. Somewhat. Nervous. Nolan? Athletic. Good with tools. But not very smart. Never read a book in his life. He knew she had someone else. He didn't know it was Terry Carson. When Lynn told Nolan everything, he laughed. The anger afterwards turned violent. She ended up in the hospital. Nolan ended up in jail. He lost everything. Lynn was given everything Nolan lost. Hence the reason for being protective over what was hers. Let's not fight, darling. You know everything I have is yours. Second right. Second right. I made the turn. It's a machine, honey. Just shut it off. We'll get lost. We're lost now! Ugh! We aren't lost, Lynn. Just distracted. Second right. We are lost, Terry. We're not lost. Second right. Will you turn that thing off? Lynn reached over and stabbed the power button on the fat square contraption connected to the dashboard by Velcro. The GPS fell into the console between the gear shifts. What did you do that for? Now we really are lost. Oh, grow up here. People rely too much on modern conveniences anymore. Whatever happened to using a map? Jesus, how about learning about the area before traveling? I don't even know why we have to come to the South anyway. For my job, Lynn. I told you that. I have to convince this lady to use our warehouse for her grocery stores. You don't have to work. I told you that. You could spend your days with me. All day? No, thank you. <laughs> you smothering me, asking where I am in the house, criticizing the shirt I wear, the lunch I prepare. No, thank you. I want to make my own money. Whatever. You say our warehouse as if you and I own the company. You slave for them when you don't have to slave for anyone. Except for you. I just want to. I feel as though I am part of a family. That's why I use the term our. That's all. Now, which way do I go? Second, right. Ugh! I thought I turned that off. Why the hell did you do that? Now we are lost. 
<laughs> oh, stop crying! I'm not crying. I, I don't know which way to go. <laughs> go, go that way. The GPS says. Go that way, Terry. All right, all right. They took a left. A few minutes later, they were back in the intersection. What the hell? You did it again. <sighs> Let me drive, okay? It was true. Terry had driven this same intersection six times. No matter if he took the dirt road or Route 21. No! He was being childish now. He wanted to be the man in this instance. This situation. Lynn was emasculating him. I got it. I I I'll go straight. He did just that, and they ended up at the same intersection. That's it! Get out! I'm driving! Terry didn't argue. He didn't dare to. He got out of the car just like Lynn did. In the steady rain, they danced side to side, trying not to run into each other. Finally, Lynn pushed him aside, stepped past him, uttering, Idiot! Lynn slid in on the driver's side. Terry clumsily placed himself on the passenger's side, knocking over a styrofoam cup of cold coffee into his lap. Oh, God damn it! He squealed and cursed. Lynn snickered. No matter how my day is, darling, you always manage to make me laugh. I'm glad I am your clown. Every queen needs a jester. And a eunuch. See here, I was very tired last what night. What the hell? I'm talking here. Then stop talking and see where we are. Huh? They were both stunned and bewildered. Lynn had driven back to the intersection. She opted for the left, took another left at the dirt road. And there they were, right back in the same damn intersection. <coughs> Lynn squealed and stomped the gas pedal hard. The car took off, tires squealing. Terry laughed, but that suddenly turned into a feminine shriek. <laughs> Once he realized they were steamrolling toward a dark-colored vehicle, similar to Lynn's Lexus, stopped straight ahead. There wasn't much time to study the make or get the color correct in his head. The car in front of them pulled out just as Lynn stabbed the gas pedal and the car barreled toward him. She didn't think to swerve until the other car did the same. She went right. They went left. Lynn was able to keep the vehicle from running into a row of trees. The other car couldn't keep him going in the ditch, flipping twice, and landed topside. The car was banged up pretty bad. Glass from the front windshield on all four windows was shattered. Lynn panted hard, took a few deep breaths, calmed down. Terry bawled like a baby. He kept his face away from Lynn, pressed against the window. He didn't want her to see him cry. Once she realized this, Lynn rubbed his leg softly. It, it's all right, honey. We're alive. <laughs> We're alive. That's all that matters. We should check on the people in, in that car. Are you effing with me, Terry? You must hate me. You know I don't hate you. My God, Lynn. We need to call the police or something. Lynn's pulled off. She didn't care which direction it was as long as away from the accident and the damned intersection. Terry teared up, sputtered, as he gave an argument that they should turn around and help the other car. By the time they were done screaming at each other and Terry had wiped the tears from his cheeks, 
they found themselves parked in a large driveway of a three-story house in the style of colonial architecture. To the left was a smaller cottage with bushes surrounding it. To the right was an immensely long and miraculously kept maze of bushes. Wow! Whoever owns this has some money. And how? Wait, this isn't the house you were looking for. No. I'm going to walk through that maze. Terry, wait. You don't know what's in that maze or who owns the property. He didn't answer Lynn. Mm. Tore away from her grasp. And Lynn gasped. Terry, how dare you? There went Terry, not listening to his wife, doing what he wanted, not worrying about the consequences with her later. He stumbled out of the car, shuffling nonchalantly, not hearing her voice, the birds in the trees, or anything for that matter. Lynn got out on the driver's side and rushed up behind him. Terry, you stop right this minute! Man, oh man! Look at the sculptures the gardener made in those bushes. Ooh, must be an artist of some kind. It was true. The sculptures were amazing. At the entrance was a collie and a child. To the left of the entrance was a woman in a long gown. Behind her was a man with his face in his hands. I mean, look at that one. Ooh! Terry, stop walking, okay? Terry, come back here. Help me up. Jeez. I mean, my God. (laughs) The gardener is just working with bushes. Amazing. Lynn stood and looked down at her paisley blouse. The right sleeve was torn. Her eyes moved slowly to her cream-colored slacks covered in mud. She looked up at the sky. She noticed the sun was out, yet it was still drizzling. I wonder what's inside that maze. She took off in a sprint as fast as her heels would carry her, mindful of not tripping again. No, 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 Terry! Terry, please stop! Something is strange here. She caught up to him just as a man in a suit and a woman in a yellow sundress appeared. Terry noticed them and spoke jovially and courteous. Lynn had never seen Terry act this way with strangers before. Hello. My, this place is wonderful. Terry, these people, they, they just appeared like, like out of thin air. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, how else were they supposed to be here? I mean, they didn't walk or drive. Lynn turned around for some reason. She didn't know why. She looked for her Lexus. It was gone. Oh, my car! My car, Terry! My car is gone! Hello. I'm very glad to meet you. I'm Tom Bedford. Uh, This is my wife, Alma. The woman stepped forward and offered her hand to Terry. This irritated Lynn, who at once conceived the woman was a tramp and was being too forward with her husband. Hello, said Alma in a breathy whisper, giving Terry a sideways smile. Her southern accent delighted Terry. He felt he may have stepped into a Tennessee Williams play. My goodness, we haven't seen folks here for ages. Oh, that's a shame. It's so beautiful here. Oh, I'm Terry. 
Lynn's jaw dropped. Seeing Terry do this was a violation of their marriage vows. Although two years ago, she had let his boss feel her up, even promised a favor or two so that Terry could get a promotion. Though she didn't carry out the act, she still considered herself the owner of Terry Carson. I'm his wife, Lynn Carson. Evil was released upon Elma, even if she didn't notice. What a lovely name. Fitting for a beautiful creature. How lucky you are to have this gorgeous lady. I agree. Why, Mr. Carson, your wife reminds me of a movie star. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, she's okay. Lynn fumed. She smacked Terry's arm. He jumped at this. Then he brushed off the sting her hand made. Why'd you do that? I'm okay? I'm okay? Just okay? <laughs> oh, a little horseplay between spouses is always charming. Look, that maze is wonderful. Do you two own this place? No. No, we, uh, don't. You don't own the property? We do not own this land, the maze, uh, nor the house. Then why are you here? We don't know. Look, did someone move my car? Uh, like a servant or... There know? are no servants, only us. And people like you. People like me? Look, sister, people like me keep the economy going with our money. Terry? What the hell? She saw Terry aimlessly stride to the maze, muttering to himself. So, so beautiful. What's inside here? He, he just... <laughs> People seem to do that. Yes, they sure do. How can you act like this is normal? <laughs> we don't. We just accept it. How can you accept weird crap like... Lynn turns to the maze. She saw the sculptures move. Just a second of movement. The boy tossed the stick and the dog retrieved it. The woman in the gown took a few slow steps and stopped. Her hand raised quickly to her face, frozen in sheer terror. The other sculptures moved, but Lynn couldn't see exactly what they were doing. Second right. Second right. What did you just say? She said... Second right. Second right. Lynn stumbled back from her. She nearly fell again, then caught herself, steadied her balance. Tom and Elma reached out to her with a hand. Don't fret. Don't fight it. Take our hands. We'll be gentle. What the hell? You people are crazy! Lynn heard something. She cocked her head, listening. Is, is that Terry screaming? <gasps> Sounded like him. Several pleads and shrieking. <gasps> I, I think I hear Terry! She heard more screams, long-winding shrills, and audible terror from inhuman sounds. Was it a wind? Rustling of plant life? Trees swaying? Birds flapping their wings. The rain falling on the ground. She couldn't tell. Her heart skipped several beats. 
A lump jumped into her throat. All Lynn knew now was she had to get Terry out of the maze. She sprinted toward the maze. She looked back, saw Tom and Elma fizzle out of view, or more likely, deteriorated into nothingness. What some people call vanishing. They did it too. Inside the maze, fear rose up inside of Lynn. So many twists and turns. She tried to go left, but saw nothing but more hedges. A sculpture of a man in a suit, holding hands with a woman in a sundress. A sculpture of the man and woman lifted their hands and waved. Lynn heard the voice of the GPS say, Second right. Second right. Under the sculpture's feet lay Terry. He was on his back, blood draining from a large gash in his chest. <coughs> Lynn screamed. Her hands fell over top of her mouth. She stepped out of that part of the maze and quickly turned to the right. A loud swishing sound came up quickly on Lynn. An inhuman shriek assaulted her eardrums. She turned and saw a shroud with two red glowing eyes. A scythe appeared and swung swiftly. The blade severed Lynn's head from her shoulders. No time to scream. Alexis was upside down on the black pavement. The wheels were turning. The windshield was shattered. Terry was halfway out of the passenger window, the glass partially broken. A shard of glass had punctured his chest. Lynn was out of the Lexus, thrown through the windshield. Her body had landed perfectly on the road, lying on her stomach, her hands to the side, and her severed head just a few inches away. Those people should have done the right thing. Well, what do you expect from people who have never been to Octoberus? Now, I know this is y'all's first time here meeting me. I'm Augustus Scythe. I'm more or less the historian of this weird little place what the old folks used to call October Country. This has been October Country, Second Right. Story by Mark Slade. Produced by Mark Slade, Chauncey Hayworth, and Lothar Tuppen. Starring Wesley Critchfield as Augustus Scythe. Pete Lutz as Terry, Jackie Ayers as Lynn, the GPS, and Alma, Joe Stofko as Tom, original music by Diablo Jones, direction, editing, mixing, and mastering by Daniel French at Fishbonius Sound Design. Thank you for flying the Chronosphere, dear passengers. Please contribute via patreon.com slash chronosphere or on Venmo at Fishbonius. Until next time, keep your cosmos clean.
Do not adjust your sets. You're tuned to Wednesday Wonders on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow on Mutual is Thursday Thrillers, our roundup of action, adventure, mystery, crime, drama, and thrillers, of course. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of diverse audio tales. Or find the Thursday Thrillers feed in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.